Today, I'd like to focus the homily on the first reading from the book of Exodus and the story of Moses. Because I believe the story of Moses here reveals the journey of conversion. And the journey of conversion that really all of us are constantly on. And I'd like to reflect on just three aspects of Moses' life. We can certainly reflect on many other aspects, um, but today I just want to highlight three and then apply them to our lives on our journey of conversion as well. And the first principle is our past is part of God's providential design. If you remember the life of Moses, there were a lot of extraordinary things that happened. And that was all part of God's providence, building him up for his future mission. So if you remember when he was born, the uh, Jews were being persecuted by the pharaohs. Uh, They were building all the temples and making all the bricks and everything for all their construction. And the Jewish people were continually just growing in number. They were having a lot of children. And the Pharaoh was afraid that they would outnumber the Egyptians and then stage some sort of rebellion or coup. So he ordered that the midwives, that whenever they saw that a um, Jewish baby to be born was a boy, that they should murder the child. And so, obviously, not every midwife was in accord with the the Pharaoh on this because it's a horrible thing to do to kill a child right as it comes out of the womb. Same atrocity happens today, continually with abortion. And so one of these boys, well, a midwife was um, compassionate, and the mother was able to keep the child, secretly raising it for as long as she could. But then she didn't have much option. She had to get rid of that child, and so she put Moses in a little basket, and then floated him down the Nile. And one of the Pharaoh's court, we don't know exactly who it was, uh, found Moses. And not everybody in Pharaoh's court were evil people. And so this mother was felt compassion for this little boy. And how, who wouldn't? Seeing a baby like that floating downstream. <clears throat> absolutely and utterly helpless. And so part of God's design was that lady from the royal court picked that child up and raised it in the royal family. And as Moses grew up, he started to understand all of Egyptian culture. He started to understand their language, how society worked. And he started making friends. We don't know exactly who he made friends with. If you watch some movies on the life of Moses, you know, he makes friends with um, higher up people close to Pharaoh. We don't know, but I'm sure he made friends. And so he started in it to integrate within that whole circle of very, very influential people. If you fast forward a bit, <clears throat> eventually he finds out that he is of Jewish descent. And then he goes to this kind of crisis. 
And then one day he sees uh, one of the slave drivers beating uh, one of his kin, one of, the, one of the Jews. And so the anger gets the best of him. He goes over and he murders, he kills that slave driver. With that, he had to flee Egypt. And he eventually found a job working for a desert uh, flock, a shepherd. And he starts working with Jethro. At this point, Moses is probably saying, well, now I've at least I've got a new life. I've got a job. I don't have all the luxuries that I had in Egypt, but I'm with my people. And as he's working for Jethro, uh, he falls in love with his, his, uh, his daughter. He finds his wife. He thinks everything's great. And life is wonderful. But all of that, all of that past was God's providence preparing him for his future mission. And I think that's a really important point we need to reflect on on a regular basis. Our past is part of God's providence for the mission that stands in front of us now. Your past is not a mistake. Your past is not by chance. Your past has been part of God's mysterious design for what he calls you to do. Moses had all the pieces in play that he needed to accomplish his mission as a leader by what God had already done. And that's where we have to have confidence. Confidence in the providence of God guiding our life. So that's a really good point of reflection for all of us to reflect on our past today. First and foremost, to give thanks to God for all the blessings he's given to us in our life all the countless miracles, but also to ask God to open our eyes to why why he's done that preparation for now. What is the mission in front of me now that all that past is building up to? I can't answer that question for you, by the way. That's between you and our Lord. But I can tell you, your past is providential. Secondly, in this journey of conversion, God always speaks to us in sacred signs. Moses was out in the desert tending the flock, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in fire, flaming out of a bush. And he saw this bush on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. So he's curious, he goes over to look at it, And when the Lord saw him coming, he said, Moses, Moses, here I am. He said, God said, come no nearer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The the cry of the children of Israel has reached me, and I I have truly noted that the Egyptians are oppressing them. Come now, I will send you to Pharaoh to lead my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. All of that was sacred signs in which God was speaking in a very profound and prophetic way. First and foremost, the fire on the bush that was 
It was on fire but not being consumed. It's and symbolically, in a way, eternal. And it was referencing the reality of Yahweh, that God is the God of the living. There's life after death. He is the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God of your father. Because in the time of Moses, theology was not as clear as it is now. They didn't, it took a while to get to the idea that the immortality of the soul. Many people thought it was just the here and now, and then once you died, that was it. Uh, many didn't believe in the resurrection of the just. But this symbol and these words were pointing to the correct theology. And if you remember, uh, when Jesus came, when he addressed the Sadducees, and the Sadducees, they did not believe in the immortality of the soul or the resurrection of the dead. And what passage did Jesus cite to argue the truth of it? This one right here that we just read. So the sign that Moses was being given <clears throat> was a sacred sign that was much bigger than just him. God was talking, giving a very deep message. And it would take from Moses to Jesus to fully comprehend exactly what that sign meant. And that is how God works in our lives. God works through sacred signs. Sacred signs that have a very broad meaning that reaches even into our future. Sacred signs that mean much more than just a burning bush. It was a sign. A sign is a reality that points at something bigger. When I'm driving on the freeway and I see a sign for San Francisco, it doesn't mean that's San Francisco. It's a sign pointing toward the deeper reality, the bigger reality of the city. And that's what God does. He has signs in our life that point to something bigger. We have the sick, uh, kind of the ordinary sacred signs, if you will, of like the Eucharist. The Eucharist points to so much profound truth. Profound truth that it takes a lot of prayer and reflection to understand. Sacred truth, sacred symbols that are in the sacred scripture in the Bible. There's so many signs that God speaks to us. Inspirations that hit you right in the heart. That God is talking to you. Sacred signs that happen in many different ways. Do you see the sacred signs in your life? A lot of times, we're just not paying enough attention. God doesn't scream from heaven, He's not going to send you an email or call you on your cell phone. He will communicate, though, and he communicates a lot. But he likes to hide in signs, like ordinary bread and wine, ordinary water that he uses to transform people into his sons and daughters. What are the sacred signs in your life right now? Again, I can't answer that for you. 
Pray about that today. Ask our Lord to open up your eyes to the signs he's putting in your life. Yes, of course, we're probably not going to see a burning bush today that is not being consumed. That doesn't mean there aren't signs. There are signs. What are the signs that God is putting into your life? What is he trying to say? And don't stay on the superficial level. Go deeper to understand what God is doing and how he's leading. And the final point of reflection on the journey of Moses' conversion is do not fear the future. Moses was afraid to go back to Pharaoh, obviously so, because he killed one of his slave drivers. And he's also afraid that, you know, I, he was afraid of public speaking. I'm not a good public speaker. How am I supposed to confront Pharaoh? He wasn't looking enough at his past to remember that God had put all the pieces in play. He was the right leader. And, gee, I mean, Moses, he says, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? And what was God's answer? I will be with you. I will be with you. Who are any of us to do anything in the church? We're sinners. We're nobody. But God chooses us. It's not you that are qualified. God qualifies you for it. He's been working your whole past according to his providence. And if God has been working all this plan of providence in the past, why is he not going to do in the future? God is already in the future. He knows what's going to happen. And I will be with you. That needs to be a very strong sense of peace in our life. So many times we put way too much emphasis upon ourselves. We get all knotted up in our life when we try to discern what the way to go in life or what decision to make in front of us. And we're acting like everything depends on me. No, everything depends on God. And if you are trying to do the right thing and you love him, you need not fear the future. We get so anxious, we get so fearful in our society today. We're fearful of what's going on with our nation. We're fearful of what's going on with our, our church. We're fearful of what's going on with our country, with so many things, with COVID. We get so anxious. But how can we be anxious if we really believe that God is with me? I will be with you. We get anxious because we're looking too much at ourselves. God is with me in the future. If he prepared me in the past, he's going to be with me in the future. I have nothing to fear. Nothing. My faith is in him who calls me. Jesus, he's always preparing the past for the future. This sign happened on Mount Horeb. 
And Moses would lead the chosen people out. They would come back to the same mountain to worship God. Divine foreshadowing. And in the same way, God is working in your life, my friends. I don't know what your future is. I'm not God. But I do know God is there in the future already. You need not fear. Cast it away. And if you want reasons for your trust, look at your past and see how God has worked. Remember the mighty deeds God has done in sacred scripture. And fill your heart with peace to move forward with confidence. And so as we remember the conversion of Moses and his journey, let us allow the same principles to guide us. Let's believe in the providential plan of God in our past. Let's start to read the sacred signs and ask for him to open our eyes to them so that we can have peace and trust that God is in our future.